0: Welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. Today we are continuing our study of experimental sanctification. In previous podcasts, we explained sanctification by God the Father and by the Lord Jesus Christ. Those topics were classified as eternal and judicial sanctification. In our first podcast concerning experimental sanctification, we showed that the scriptures clearly teach that a child of God overcomes the world because of the faith given to him in regeneration. See 1 John chapter 5, verses 4-5. through 5. It is obvious that one must be born again by God in order to live a holy or separated life in this world because man comes into the world as a sinner and classified as a child of wrath by nature. This is clearly stated in Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. Though this passage is referring to the state of the children of grace prior to regeneration, it unmistakably affirms our condition was no different than that of unregenerated people. This state of being dead in sin originated in the fall. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Notice that it says that all have sinned. Adam was the representative of the whole human race, and therefore when he sinned, he plunged the whole human race into sin. 1 Corinthians 15.22 equally affirms that in Adam all die. Also, since Adam and Eve were sinners, they could only produce sinners. Even Job verified this. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one? Job 14.4 David also testified to this truth in his penitential psalm. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Psalm 51.5 Yes, man in his natural state does not receive the things of God, as testified in 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Even Jesus taught us that apart from the Holy Spirit, man is not only unwilling to obey the Lord, but he also is unable to follow him. Speaking to the Jews who did not believe in him, Jesus said, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men. John 5, verses 39 through 40. And again, he said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. John six forty four. 44. Therefore, sinful man, apart from the new birth, not only will not go to Christ, he cannot go to him. With this truth before us, how is it that man can obey the injunction to be holy or sanctified? See Leviticus 20 and 7 and 1 Peter one fifteen through 16, where we're commanded to be holy. The answer is, ye must be born again. John 3, 7. The idea of the new birth is given to us in the discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus as found in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. Christ introduced the subject by telling Nicodemus Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Greek word for again is anothen, and the basic meaning is from above, from a higher place. Thayer, in his Greek lexicon, further stated, often, also in Greek writings, used of things which come from heaven or from God as dwelling in heaven. See John 3.31, John 19.11, James one seventeen, three fifteen and 17. It is also translated as top when referring to the veil in the temple being rent in twain from the top to the bottom at the crucifixion of Christ. See Matthew twenty seven fifty one and Mark fifteen thirty eight and the garment of Christ being woven from the top throughout John nineteen twenty three. And while it is also translated as first in Luke one three, beginning in Acts twenty six five, and one other place as again in Galatians four nine it seems better to understand the new birth as being born above, by God, the Holy Spirit. It seems obvious that the Holy Spirit is the immediate agent in the new birth from the context of the passage, as well as the concluding statement, So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. John 3, eight. I will not expound on the phrase, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit at this time, to show why I believe that the water is not referring to baptism and that it is merely using metaphoric language denoting the same thing. Just as water is used to denote the Holy Spirit in other places, see John 7 verse 37 through 39, the same analogy is in John 3, 5. In other words, we might say, except a man be born of water, even the spirit. Obviously, much discussion could be presented in showing the various ideas and opinions of this phrase. But I believe it would be counterproductive to the overall subject at hand to interject such a study at this time and maintained the obvious truth that a person must be born again or regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and that it is at this point in the life of an individual when experimental sanctification begins. John, by the inspiration of God, previously wrote that prior to belief a person was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, John 1.13. In other words, the new birth is not based on natural relationship or because anyone desires it. That is, it is not because a person desires it for himself or because a person wants it for another individual. The determining factor as to who is born again or born from above is God. Furthermore, note that the new birth is not at faith or belief, nor after or because of one believes. Faith or belief is exercised after a person is regenerated. Since faith is the gift of God, Ephesians 2, eight. And all men have not faith, second thessalonians three two It is evident that salvation is of the lord Jonah two nine but I digress. The point is sanctification begins in the life of an individual immediately at regeneration by the Holy Spirit. It is important that we understand what is meant by the new birth because the general consensus. Regarding the word birth is that it is a process like that of a child being born from the womb of the mother. In some instances, the Greek word for bear, genio, is used to denote the birth of a child. But in John chapter 3, it is used with the idea of a child being conceived or brought to life. In Matthew one sixteen, the word is used both ways in the same verse. And Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. In this verse, Genial is translated beget and born. In the first instance, it carries the idea of conception, whereas in the second place, it depicts the concept of giving birth. Interestingly, in Matthew one twenty, Ganao is translated conceived. Just as there is a point in which a child does not exist, and then at conception there is a child or a human being in its earliest stage of life. Remember that David declared that he was a sinner at conception. Psalm 51.5. Yes, life begins at conception. Likewise, spiritual life begins at the point in time when the Holy Spirit changes a person from being dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1, to alive unto God, Romans 6.11. I will interject at this point that the word "beget." In James one eighteen is a different word. It is apokueo, and carries the idea of a woman giving birth. While the new birth, as mentioned in John one thirteen and 3 verses 3 through 8, is the idea of giving life in the womb, James one eighteen is the concept of bringing the life forth from the womb. The first is immediately, instantaneously. The second is a process. The first is regeneration. The second is conversion. Both are acts of sanctification, but the first is performed directly by God, while the second is generally by the instruments of various means of God. The Lord willing, we will discuss this further in detail in future podcasts. Since the general idea in Christianity is that the new birth is produced by various means by man, we desire to enlarge on the subject to demonstrate that regeneration, or the birth from above, is performed alone by the Holy Spirit. We saw from John 1.13 and 3 verses 3 through 8 that this birth is by God the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, we find that prior to regeneration that man is dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, 1 Corinthians 2.14, enmity against God and cannot please God, Romans 8, verses 7 through 8. In other words, there is nothing that a man can do for himself or for another to cause him to be born from above. It is done immediately by the Holy Spirit of God. It is evident that a person that is dead to spiritual things cannot hear and understand the gospel, exercise a faith that he does not have, or please God under any condition. Even his prayer and sacrifice to God is a disgrace and an abomination to him. Proverbs 15 verse 8, 21 verse 27, and chapter 28 verse 9. Yes, at one moment such a person is dead in sin, and the next moment he is alive unto God. Again, we distinguish between regeneration and conversion. Regeneration is when a person is made alive unto God. Conversion is a process whereby changes are being performed in the life of an individual similar to the germination of a seed or the growth of a child after birth. Regeneration is performed solely by the Holy Spirit. Conversion is by various means working effectually in the life of a child of grace by the Holy Spirit. While it may be that with some instances the work of regeneration and the initial stages of conversion may happen simultaneously as with the Apostle Paul, it may be that the new birth takes place at one moment in time and conversion will begin at a later date. However, since the new birth is the inward work of the Holy Spirit, it is likely that we are unable to identify the exact moment it takes place. Take the example of Paul. Can we really identify the moment of his regeneration? Was it when the light from heaven shined about him or when he fell to the earth? Was it when he heard the voice speaking to him the first time or the second or the third time? In other words, can we really recognize when Paul was regenerated? We can say that it took place on the road to Damascus, though some argue that it was at some time prior to this. But beyond this, we must remain silent. We know that at one point or one instant, Paul was dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1. And the next moment, he was delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the dear Son of God, Colossians 1.13. Nevertheless, our time is up for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard? Or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at BaptistPerspective.wordpress.com That's BaptistPerspective.wordpress.com Thanks again for listening.